Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally, voidware prohibited, must be 18 or older to enter, no purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Hit Like a Girl podcast is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. One thing I love about working with them is that they're mission-driven, which means that they're dedicated to featuring authoritative shows, hosts, and guests who take on the tough topics in healthcare with empathy, expertise, and a commitment to excellence. If you're looking for bingeable content related to the healthcare industry, they've got more than 8,000 episodes on demand waiting for you. From professional development, the patient voice, digital health, innovation and entrepreneurship, and of course, health IT, they've got you covered. So this is your official invitation to check them out at healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. For the rest of the year, we're sharing our platform with guest hosts as we continue to count our blessings, close the year strong, and get ready for all that is to come. We're calling it the Lady Boss Series. And today's podcast takeover is by Kat McDavid, who helped us get this idea off the ground. Kat's the Principal Advisor and Public Affairs Practice Head at Incena Communications. And today she'll be interviewing Teresa Bell, who's the co-founder, president, and CTO of a company called No2. I can't wait for you to hear them talk. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to the Lady Boss Interview Series. I'm Kat McDavid, and in this set of interviews, I'm interviewing women leaders in the healthcare technology industry about one big thing. In this episode, our one big thing is a deep dive into mission with Teresa Bell, CTO and co-founder of No2. Teresa talks to us about what being mission-driven really means and why it's not just a nice thing to have when building a company. Thank you, Kat, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, this is a obviously healthcare IT is something I'm very passionate about, and a female in healthcare IT, very, very passionate about that. Um, but to your question on uh, who I am, I'm president and CTO of No2. I am a co founder, actually, of the organization. It was myself and a gentleman 12 years ago that we started the company. And uh, to just give, demonstrate to you how mission focused we are. Uh, at that time, we wrote out our BHAGs. For those that are familiar with that, I'd say uh, it's called the big, hairy, audacious goals. We, we I say that. I say big, hairy ass goals, but it's nice that, you know, that's fine. <laughs> well, we'll talk about hairy asses on another call, but that's... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it was big, for us, big, hairy, audacious goals. And uh, we wrote three of them. And they 
we've actually not changed a, a single word in those over 12 years. Mm-hmm. And they've never been truer uh, for the organization than they are today. They're, we're actually fulfilling those and, and pushing towards those goals. Uh, but at the beginning of the company, when, when we looked at it, our goal was to solve interoperability once and for all. And I had always said, if once interoperability becomes moves from being a noun to a verb, then I know the goal is being achieved in the market. And when it's no longer the theme topic at HIMSS, and I think mm. it's been the last 15 years rolling, yeah. that now artificial intelligence, that's the new buzzword. Uh, when it's no longer the theme topic at HIMSS, then I know- At least it's not blockchain, Teresa. Oh yeah, well that was like, but I think that lasted for like a year, but that was, <laughs> that was in and out. Um, but that's, you know, that's how mission driven we are. We've not changed our mission and the words are exactly spot on. Uh, we live them. We, our mission was not only about what we would do with the technology, but who we would serve also. So while the entire industry was moving uh, after where the dollars were being spent, you know, where meaningful use dollars were being spent with the, the health systems and the physicians and the entire technology industry looked to that direction for the, you know, the downflow of money. We went the other way and mm-hmm. we went after where we knew interoperability would become important later on, but they needed to prepare themselves. And that's post-acute emergency medical services, dental, vision, behavioral health, uh, and that absolutely has rung true, but we stuck to it. And believe me, that was not easy. It was, you know, try going to a board meeting and saying, just bear with us. You know, we know it's going to happen soon. We know it's going to happen soon. Uh, if we, you know, we, we, grabbed, we grabbed all the land in terms of the EHR companies and so forth. But it was, it took a long time for that market mm. to mature, but we didn't leave it. And just because it was hard, it was not like, oh, let's, you know, let's pivot and see where we can make money. We set out with a purpose. We set out with a vision and it was to solve interoperability. And we didn't, by both what we did on the technology and who we served, we have not, we have not, you know, changed from that at all. And I think that's a total testimony to how we view mission is, is it's not something you take lightly and you don't change from it. And that's what we're doing. Well, it's unusual, right? Because we do typically hear about companies that can't hold out, right? And there's millions and billions over here. So that's where they go. And unfortunately, they leave a lot of market share open for, for the later days. So it is, it is unique. It's really, I think it's, it's uh, very rare to find a company that's done what you all have. Uh, so how, so was it just that you and your co-founder had this mindset or how did you, how did you push through that? Because that is a lot of pressure. <laughs> well, I'm only actually 15 years old when you look at me, but I only look like I've aged 45 years. Uh, <laughs> so it has been a lot of pressure. I'll tell you that. Um, and, and it's through tenacity, commitment, you know, that we've pushed through it. But having a co-founder and then hiring people of like mind mm. was the number one requirement. I will say that we were surrounded myself having a co-founder that had the same integrity um, towards the commitment of the goals and pursuing those, you know, the same passion to pursue them. And it wasn't seen, you know, first of all, as a wealth generation opportunity, it was seen that was secondary, the money would follow um, if we did it right. And then hiring accordingly, you know, I made a decision, uh, I was, you know, the CEO for a period of time, and and that really wasn't where I wanted to be. Mm. Uh, But it also required, you know, required a level of tenacity at that CEO level with our board and with with other groups to to surround ourselves with like people that wanted to share in the mission and we're in for the long haul. So we we brought in a CEO in, in 2014. It was somebody that I actually had the had the privilege of working with who sat across the table, I always say, from me and used our technology 
And mm. I just enjoyed the way that that he worked. His name is John Ella. I enjoyed the way he worked uh, in the organization that he was leading at the time. Um, and I could see his qualities. And so I asked him to become the CEO and immediately accepted. And and it really, since then, it's been hiring. We we stayed very small for a long period of time to make sure we built the foundation of the company mm. and then we didn't have to battle uh, the the humans piece for a long time. Um, but once the establishment of the, the foundation of the company and, and knowing how we were working, then we started to add people. And it's, I say it's a cult-like environment and I don't mean that in a negative way. Uh, it is, you can ask anybody coming in, you know, it, it they know right away if they're going to fit. The hiring process right. is very, uh, very, I don't want to say difficult, but it is rigorous for us. Mm. Bring in hiring. It's normally only by reference that we hire. Uh, I, obviously, that's not a scalable <laughs> way to grow the company, but today that's worked. Um, that we only hire by reference, somebody that knows them and knows if they'll fit in the culture. Mm. And we've only made a couple of missteps there, where somebody that's that's been brought in doesn't fit. Um, and then it's obvious, you know, that we need to part ways. But it is it is the culture of the organization that has kept the commitment, the service-based commitment to the uh, principles that we've outlined. Yeah. So this is more than, I mean, this is a lot, this is a lot, Teresa, what you're talking about, right? You're talking about being mission-driven and, 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 and putting people first, right? That have that and share that mindset and building slowly, but you're really, like, what you've done is also really dominate the long game, which is again, really hard to do in the current venture field, wild <laughs> health tech economy, right? Um, that's, I mean, that in itself, I think is a pretty massive accomplishment and likely a topic for a whole nother episode, right? Um, but yeah, you've really put a lot of interesting things together to build No2 the way that it's that it's been built. Well, yeah, and I think um, you're 100% right. It absolutely has been the long game for us. And there's days when we didn't know if tomorrow was coming. And mm. quite frankly, early on, I think that's true of every startup. Um, yeah. We didn't know if tomorrow was coming, but the question our CEO always asked in such a great way was, what else? I mean, what else are we going to do? Right? It's you keep going. And we did. And it was, you just keep through perseverance and tenacity, you keep pushing through it. And, and again, surrounding yourself with the right people that don't see the other option as yeah. an option is, is the key. And we also were, you know, fortunate enough to have the good, the, the right board that was, that was willing to persevere, but we had to make tough decisions along the way to, to keep the organization, um, sustainable where we weren't growing out of, you know, out of proportion. So it was very tough decisions along the way to make sure that we were prepared for the long game because we knew it was a long game going in when everybody else was going, the dollars were going everywhere else. And, you know, interoperability was not something you could spell in post-acute, <laughs> let alone know what it is. We, we were there, we were going to push forward. So. Yeah, it's very impressive. And I assume by putting your mission first and always keeping that in mind is, is how you made those decisions. Oh yeah, we we it's the service piece of it. We knew the underserved market needed this, and we wanted to be that engine for them. Um, and it woke us up every day. Every day, I still wake up with the same, literally the same passion I had on day one, same excitement. Mm -hmm. And it's what I, what can I do today to make sure we're serving the audiences we have committed commitments to. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I want to talk about something else that you mentioned. So you you mentioned that you were the CEO, you're a co-founder, right? Very invested. You said 12 years this business has been has been going and you've been at it 
uh, I assume 12 to 18 hour days every day. Right? Oh, every um, day. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah and, and, uh, and I get that. Um, when you made that decision to step down from CEO and bring in, bring in an outside person, that is so hard, right? You see so many companies go through that. You see so many individuals go through that. Can you talk about making that decision? And you, you, you make it sound so light, right? Oh, I knew this person. He was great. Um, but I'm sure there, I'm sure there was a lot of emotion there. Um, and, and I, I don't see that transition go super well in a lot of orgs. So I'd love for you to just talk about that. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, it was very difficult for me um, to make the decision. And it not, let me be clear on that. It wasn't because I was afraid to, you know, lose the title or, mm. you know, that if I wasn't seen as the CEO, I'd lose this power trip that I was on. It was actually the opposite of that because I, I preferred not, I prefer not to be on the, you know, the, the bright yeah. light or the spotlight. That's just personality of mine. Um, the, the harder part was finding somebody that would be committed to the purpose and the long game. Uh, and, and you don't find that necessarily, you know, going out to just hire for a CEO that's going to be not a results driven, meaning financial results immediately, because right. they weren't there for a long time. Um, financial results, you know, somebody that's not driven to the bottom line, that's what they do, right? That's that's largely what they do. Uh, and so then I looked at that and said, I don't, this is going to have to be somebody I know. Um, this is going to have to be somebody that, I've judged their character mm. based on how they've engaged in other situations and they had no idea that they were in a long-standing interview, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and it and this person was, it was obvious to me. It, it I had sat down and I thought through it because I had approached the board and I said, hey, this isn't me. Um, mm. I want to lead the vision for this company. I want to sit with our engineers every day. I want to drive through the details that probably nobody else finds to be fun here sitting in this room, but I do. And that's, that's my passion. I had to be comfortable with that. I'm, I'm very comfortable. That's what I enjoy. Um, but I went to them and said, I have this person and this is a person that's negotiated with us on the other side of the table. And I saw mm-hmm. how fair he, he negotiated when he was leading a, you know, a, a large international organization that had used our technology mm-hmm. and how he treated a small firm. Right. And and that told me everything I needed to know. And two, his passion for our business, even when he wasn't in it. And mm-hmm. so that, yes, it was a very difficult decision. Again, not because of the title that had very little to do is somebody that was committed to the long game, somebody that was committed and and, and also can. <laughs> there's an interesting part of my personality is I'm not a great um, communicator. People always say she's in the cone of silence internally. Yeah. And like, leave her alone. She's doing something weird in the corner over there. She's in her cone of silence thinking about something. And that's how I get through problems. Um, I have, you know, whiteboards that I keep by me, by my shower and by my bed. And it's just things that I think about, but I'm in my head all the time. And I sometimes have this unreasonable expectation that people should just be mind readers and understand what I'm saying. And getting what's in my head to a narrative is hard for me. It's always Mm. been hard for me. And I had to find somebody that was good at that. So that could understand, speak Tracer. I always say they could speak Tracer, but communicate it to the board, communicate it in business terms to our partners and put it, you know, put it to work in a business setting. And he also did that. So again, he was a longstanding interview. He didn't know he was in (laughs) and it's worked out very well. So that's, it was a, a huge movement for the organization and, and has proven to be the, one of the best moves we've made. 
Awesome. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal to hear. And I love hearing you talk about how you really understood your strengths and weaknesses. And I think that's a lot of um, emerging and rising women leaders, I think, um, don't always know that they can, that they can do that, that they can admit, I'm not as good at this thing. So I need to do this or blah, blah, blah. Right. And they, they, they put themselves in situations or, or, and, and I get why sometimes you have to do that, but um, I'd love for you to talk about how you learn that about yourself, because I think it is notable. Um, probably hitting the wall hard. <laughs> that's how that's how I find about most of my uh, most of my shortcomings is I do I you know I end up with like a bloody nose or something. So I get well, that. Well, and there's always this. There's a, I, to you know I always feel like I'm in an imposter syndrome. Anyways, is that what they call it? Um, yeah, I think yeah. That's, that's I'm permanently in that. It's like it's my life now. So it's just roll yeah. with it. <laughs> so to say that I worked through that, I think would be not true. <laughs> if I say that. I have grown much more comfortable. One, I just think some of it's experience and age. Um, but two, it's 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 seeing the outcome of if I apply my energy towards what I know I'm good at and the outcome of that versus applying it towards worry, anxiety, uh, frustration on things I'm I'm trying to get better at. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the application of the energy and looking at the outcome. And you see far less outcome, at least my experience has been with applying energy towards, you know, not saying that you shouldn't improve yourself. That's certainly not what I'm saying. Uh, But the outcome that it doesn't produce outcome, it produces a lot of heartache and -hmm. just embrace it. And, And by the way, it also, I think it dignifies other people, meaning everybody's bringing strengths to the table by recognizing your own and your own weaknesses. And then recognizing other it dignifies them instead of trying to you know just play that front game where you can be all things to all people it's just not possible with anybody so i mean i'm not saying anything people don't know it it's just putting it into action and looking at outcomes um it's very relieving i'll say that yeah very relieving thing so yeah no i completely get that um i and i appreciate the insight i think um it's you know what I what I want you to really dig into here is kind of just our 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 last few minutes on our one big thing twenty minutes is it's so difficult in a startup environment um, and I've lived this right uh, and and most of my clients live this where you have to play that long game and um, it is notable that you guys did play the long game and that, and No Two is a very very reputable company in our space now right it's it's very well known you guys are everywhere. Uh, especially as interoperability is now and HIE is a lowercase instead of an uppercase. So, <laughs> right. So what, what could you share with others who are in, in these spaces? And again, it's so easy to go to a board meeting and hear that it, the expectations aren't being met, right? Financially, things aren't being met. Um, and it's really easy to lose that vision and mission. Um, so what tips, what advice can you leave us with to help others kind of plow through and, and make it like y'all have? I don't know if I have any magic tips other than just belief. If you don't have believe, I love it. That's going to be our headline. Believe. If you don't believe in what you're doing right from the start, and when I say believe, it is like a burning passion inside of you that you have to let out. And, mm. and if you don't approach a business with that, especially as a startup, it's you're gonna you likely won't make it. Mm. because you're going to hit it. What do they say? 95, 90% of companies go out of business startups do. And I think it's like 93% in healthcare. I knew that going in and I just said, okay, I want to solve this problem. So belief I think is strong, but it's not, it is, I I can't emphasize how strong it has to be when you start out. Um, And it's, you can't, 
you can't be weak of character, meaning, and not saying that I'm a, this character filled person is like, you've got to be able to take the knocks, man, mm. uh, and be comfortable with yourself. And there's going to be bad days preparing for it. Like knowing, you know, today you're looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I have no idea why I made this decision, but you do it and you keep going, you know, it's just tenacity and you keep going, you keep going, but it's belief at the end of the day, it's belief and knowing what you're doing is the right thing. And it's not for the bottom line. The dollars will follow. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon. This episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird Inc. CMS's Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, is super complex. And if clinicians ignore the program or perform poorly in it, it can result in a hit to their revenue and reputation. Chirpy Bird is proud to say that more than 95% of its clients are exceptional performers in MIPS, meaning they've maximized the score that directly translates into their Medicare reimbursement rate. Chirpy Bird offers their audit-proof services to practices of all sizes through an affordable monthly subscription that includes unlimited access to a regulatory expert who guides them in knowing what data to track, how to create workflows that make capturing that data easier, and ensures that they submit it all to CMS on time and performing at its best. Contact Chirpy Bird today or learn more at chirpybirdinc.com. That's chirpybirdinc.com.